Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To the Tide Talk podcast, Stacy Blackwood here with Ricky Green. Ricky, what's going on, my man? Not a whole lot. Just kind of got a couple of days off for my real job here. Uh, some time to do our job that we love to do, talking about Alabama football. Looking forward to it, and hopefully we can get some great content out. Uh, all around for the people that follow us this week on ToddTalkSports.com and our podcast series and on our YouTube channel as well. So, Yeah, a lot's happening right now. Obviously, we're, we're kind of getting into the meat of the, of the season. We're, we're, we're 20% of the way finished with the regular season for 2020, which is kind of odd to, to think about just two games in, but it's just a 10-game schedule here. And, uh, you know, real quick, I just kind of noticed this. Right now, Alabama is the only West team that does not have a loss. And it's it's kind of weird to think about, but that is the case. And, you know, that's that's what 2020 has brought us. And, uh, you know, A&M was, was supposed to be one of those teams that kind of battled Alabama for, for the West Western Division title this year. And uh, Alabama took care of them this past Saturday, 52-24. to 24. Just kind of what were your initial thoughts, you know, after the game this past Saturday, Ricky, on, on, on Alabama's 52-24 to 24 victory over A&M? Okay, so I'm not going to lie to you, Stacey. Initially, I think I kind of bought into the feeling of being aggravated and we ain't doing this and we ain't doing that. We saw a lot of that from Alabama fans on social media following the game Saturday. And I think I kind of let my emotions get the best of me for a few minutes. But then after I had some time to dissect what happened, look back over it, I've watched the game two or three times in its entirety since then. I feel like we're not that far off from where we need to be defensively. And I'll tell you why. Um, I shared something in one of our our group chats that we have uh, yesterday, I believe it was, that 2016 defense that everybody always talks about as being one of the greatest of all time. Um, in week three against Ole Miss, I believe it was, of the 2015-16 season, we gave up over 500 yards of offense, I think nearly 400 passing yards, and it was like 7.13 yards per play. 
And that was the defense that was supposed to be neck and neck with 2011 for the best ever and wound up being one of the best defenses of the Saban era. 7.13 yards per play. This past Saturday, we gave up, I believe it was like 5.38 yards per play. When I started looking at real numbers, I felt better about the performance than I did just looking at the big picture and my initial reaction um, there watching it all unfold. I think that we're actually closer to, to getting back to that elite defense than a lot of Bama fans thought we were. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. On the surface, it doesn't look like a, a great performance from the defense, and it wasn't a great performance. There was, there was plays here and there that they – uh, that A and M was able to exploit the defense on, but you know their their first touchdown drive was the the drive should have ended uh, you know early on, and Daniel Wright was called for for holding on the the A and M tight end, which was uh, I don't even think he had a hand on him, so I'm not sure where that call came from. So that that kept their drive going, and they were able to, to to get a touchdown there. So there's a lot of factors when it comes into team scoring touchdowns and. Of course, they did get seven points. Uh, all, wasn't directly off of interception, but you know they intercepted the ball off a tip pass and got it down to the red zone, and were able to score a quick touchdown on their first play. So it's there's there's 14 points right there that that could have easily been avoided had you know a tip interception not happened, or if a blown call by the official didn't happen. So then you're looking at a 52 to 10 game. So. What I'm saying is it, it, there's just a play here or there that, that, that makes the game look, you know, worse than what it was for the, for the defense. Is there things they need to work on? Absolutely. We, we had a couple blown assignments in the secondary. Uh, Daniel Wright did, <laughs> tried to push a guy out of bounds and didn't, uh, but he made up for that with his pick six. So, like, like, like Ricky mentioned, the defense uh, is a work in progress, but I'm 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 okay with where the defense is at right now. Two games into the season, and uh, they're going to be tested uh, this Saturday as well. We're not going to talk about that game this week, but but Ole Miss has got a great offense with Lane Kiffin, so it's going to be another great test for the defense, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. But to me, the biggest thing that stood out to me uh, this last Saturday was John Mechie. You know, last year we had the four-headed monster at wide receiver with Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs the uh, third, Devonta Smith, and then uh, Jalen Waddle. And now it's Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, and John Mechie the third. And and just talk about the game that John Mechie had this last week, Ricky, with with seven. Excuse me, excuse me, five catches for 181 yards, and on Alabama's third play from scrimmage, the 78-yard bomb from Mac Jones. Just talk about Mechie and, and what his emergence as that third target for Mac Jones means for this offense. Last year, prior to the spring game, I was talking to a friend of ours, you know him, many people know him, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, and he kind of coined the phrase, he called John Mechie Calvin Ridley's Canadian son. And it was a pretty good uh, descriptor there of what John Mitchie can do. I mean, the guy is just probably not going to blow you away with his, you know, speed or any one thing in particular, but he does so many things well. 
that he's just a super solid football player at that wide receiver spot. And he'll benefit tremendously from being that third option. Defensive coordinators have to know where Jalen Waddell and Devonta Smith are at all times. Because if you don't, it's six, point blank period. And I think that Mechie, as the season progresses, they're going to have to start figuring out where John Mechie is. Like you said, that 78-yard play, um, it seems like everything that Mac has thrown his way, he's catching it. And in that regard, he kind of reminds me a little bit of a Kevin Norwood type. Super dependable, great hands, and just moves the sticks. If you need a first down conversion, John Mechie can go get it for you. Yeah, you know, last week you had a chance to talk with uh, Jimmy Stein from Locked On Bama. And he mentioned how Mechie maybe isn't just the most athletically gifted guy or, you know, the biggest guy, the strongest guy, the fastest guy, but he's just that dependable guy. And, and it looks like him and Mac have that connection going on. And uh, it's <laughs> right now Mac Jones is playing at a level where I, we were all optimistic here about Mac Jones. Uh, you know, in the preseason here at Tide Talk. And uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie, he has exceeded my expectations, Mac Jones has. He, he is, he is, his arm strength, his accuracy, they have just been on point. I think he overthrew Mechie one time. Uh, and that, that, to me, that's the only overthrow he's had this entire season. And, and I know it's just yeah. two games in, but he's, he is just throwing the ball with confidence and in and, and rhythm. He's got great anticipation. Uh, he's just – he's playing lights out right now. And, uh, you know, I posted an article earlier on TideTalkSports.com talking about how – talking about three things that have kind of – that I've taken away from the first two games of the year. And, and number one was that Mac Jones is a legitimate Heisman Trophy contender. And I don't know how you feel about that, but, I, I mean, I have no – I have no uh, – doubt that that if the Heisman Trophy presentation was or the ceremony was this weekend that he, he wouldn't be up there in New York so I, I think we have to be pleased with what Mac Jones has done so far this season oh there ain't no doubt about it and I'd be lying to you right now if I said I expected this level of play from Mac Jones like you said we everybody on team Tide Talk was 100% behind Mac Jones because of the fact that he did things the right way. I think it had more our support, or at least mine, because he came into a quarterback room that already featured Tua Tonga-Valoa and Jalen Hurts. Not a lot of men would want to even walk in that room. Matt came in that room, waited his time in the, you know, the transfer age that we currently live in. He didn't bail. He learned the system. He stuck it out. And then, golly, man, could he even have had two better games to start this season? I'm not sure anybody could have. He's number one in the nation in total quarterback rating and passer efficiency rating. And we're talking about ahead of guys like Trevor Lawrence. Uh, national media is just absolutely crazy about Kyle Trask. But you're right, Stacey, if that, if that trophy presentation happened today, Mac Jones would be front and center in New York City getting ready to hold that trophy, I think. Yeah, you know, a couple things have to happen for, for, for players to win the Heisman. One, you have to put up some good numbers. Mac's done that. Two, you have to play for a winning team. 
Alabama does that. And then you have to also be competing for, for championships. And, and, you know, I don't see any reason to believe that Alabama is not going to be competing for a championship this season. So the, the possibility for Mac Jones to, to be the first Alabama quarterback to win the Heisman Trophy, which is wild to think about considering the, the, the guys that have come before him. But uh, it's just it's unbelievable what Mac has done. And like you mentioned, him sticking around. Uh, through all the great quarterbacks that was there when he got there, come in when he did, like Tua did. So it's just a Mac. Mac is an incredible story, and he's just a competitor. You can tell that the game. Uh, he loves the game. It means something to him, and uh, it's just a lot of fun to watch him play. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do the rest of this season. And uh, but back, just kind of back on the on the Texas A&M game. Uh, the, I guess it, on the offensive side of the ball, and it's kind of kind of been this way in, in the first couple of games I think we need to find our running game uh, but you know last year it wasn't until about the third or fourth game of the year uh, when, when this offensive line started you know gelling together in, in the run game so I, I think we're going to be okay there but I think if you had a I don't want to say a, a cause for concern but that's kind of a little bit of an overstatement but something to watch out for moving forward the next couple of games is seeing what that offensive line can do and what that running game can do for the Alabama offense. Yeah, no doubt about it. When I was watching this game this past Saturday, I was very, very pleased with the pass protection. Mac Jones had all day back there to determine where he was going to the ball and to deliver that ball where it needed to go. But our run blocking right now is a bit suspect. And I'm not sure yet if that is due to defenses loading the box, not respecting Mac Jones enough and, and saying, okay, we're going to stop you from running and Mac has to beat us with his arm. If that is the case, then it's not going to be like that very much longer if Mac keeps performing the way that he has. Um, but like you said, it takes this offensive line, particularly not having a spring where we cover fundamentals and really look at gelling these five guys together. Um, it, it'll take them a week or two, but I'm confident that they can get there. I'm confident in Coach Kyle Flood's ability to develop offensive line talent and have our best five on the field. And like you said, I think it's just a matter of time uh, before we see that line really start to impose its will in the run game. And when it does that, look out, because there's no doubt about it, we've got some very talented and capable running backs uh, in Tuscaloosa, Najee Harris. Brian Robinson, Trey Sanders, if we can just get that run blocking shored up a little bit, talking about a powerful and balanced offense, um, it'll really be something to see. Yeah, you know, Brian Rob Robinson Jr. quietly had a, had a solid game this past Saturday with 10 carries for 60 yards. So that, that's great to see. You know, he's kind of had an up and down career at Alabama, and I'm really hoping as a senior he can – kind of put it all together and have a go out the right way. He's definitely a guy that the pros will be looking at because of his side, size and his speed. Uh, so I'm hoping that Brian Robertson Jr. can can kind of put the, put it together this senior year as a backup to Najee. And, you know, they both can can go out with, with good senior years. And like like you said, the, the offensive line just got to have a couple more weeks to gel. I have, I have faith that they're going to get it done. And it may be this week. I'm in, interested in seeing how Ole Miss chooses to defend us, of course, uh, you know, we'll we'll have a, a preview show of the Ole Miss game coming up in a couple of days. But uh, 
Ole Miss pretty much ranks last in all defensive categories. So uh, it's probably going to be a long day for them on that side of the ball facing this Alabama offense. But, you know, just looking back just a little bit, just a couple minutes here left on this podcast, Malachi Moore, man. We talked about him in the preseason. We talked about him last year when he was being recruited to the capstone. This dude is a baller. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about the young man. He is an absolute baller, and I'm glad that we're going to have him for a couple more years on that defensive side of the ball. He, he's a stud. He got him an interception Saturday. He, he just played a really good game, and, and I'm really looking forward to, to continue to watch him grow and develop as a player at Alabama. No doubt about it. If you're an opposing offensive coordinator, you got two problems at Alabama already, and we're only through week two, like you said, so far. Malachi Moore is a problem, and Will Anderson is a problem. These two guys, being you know 18-year-old freshmen, are already playing at a level um, that you would expect from a returning veteran that's like an All-American candidate. It's really unreal how good Malachi has played. Pete Golding himself said that uh, Brian Branch early in camp was leading the the battle for that uh, starting spot there at the star position, and they just kept every single day seeing Malachi Moore get better and better and better until the point came where finally it was like, hey, man, we're going to have to start the kid. He just really hasn't given us another option. He's worked so hard, and he's performed so well. This is our guy, and I'm glad that they made that decision because Malachi – you know, through two weeks has played great, but I just can't wait to see how much better he gets this year. The more reps, the more he's tested. I just feel like he's one of those guys where if you test him as an offensive coordinator, he's going to answer the bell. He's ready to play. He takes good angles. He's got, you know, it looks at least from the outside looking in like he understands what he's doing. And I say that because he's playing fast. If you don't understand the defense and know what you're supposed to do, you can't play fast like he's been playing. Um, so, yeah, Malachi is a stud, absolutely. Yeah, and just a, a quick shout-out to, to Malachi's mom, Penny. She's a big supporter of Tide Talk Sports, and we really appreciate that, as well as Will Anderson's mom. And a lot of these, a lot of these players – Family members have, have reached out to us about the way we're covering Alabama and how they how they respect that and how they appreciate the coverage that their you know their their sons are, are getting from from us here and we just appreciate y'all's support on that and I just wanted to give y'all a quick shout out and uh you know we kind of want to do something for, for for all these moms that are supporting us so we're, we're gonna have to come up with something for these moms Ricky yeah there's no doubt about it you mentioned a couple of them there really. This entire 2020 class, um, their families and people that are close to them have been so supportive of what we're trying to do here at Tide Talk Sports, and I, I, I agree with you 100%. We may not know what we're going to do yet, but we definitely need to do something for them and just let them know we appreciate them beyond just saying we appreciate them. It's been uh, really, really great having their support. And, you know, just them being accessible to us when we have questions, it's, it's been really good how they've handled the entire situation. And I can imagine that it's probably a bit overwhelming at times going from 
even if your son is a highly recruited guy in high school, the spotlight is so much brighter at the University of Alabama. And even considering that, they've just been great. Yeah, that, that they really have been. And like, like we said, we really appreciate the support. And, uh, you know, I want to touch on one other thing. And we, we talk about it, and it seems like every week. But, man, Christian Harris, he just, he just continues to <laughs> – I don't I don't even know what the word is, but he, he is a dominant force on the defensive side of the ball and uh he he plays he played fast last year and he didn't even know really what he was supposed to be doing, but but this year he knows where he's supposed to be and he gets there in a hurry and he makes he makes a big impact when he gets there and uh just really exciting to watch him watch him play and uh you know it's guys like Jordan Battle, you can see him every game getting better and better and Guys like Daniel Wright getting better and better, and I have no doubt that you know by the time the the end of October gets here into November that this uh, this defense, especially some of the guys in the back end, you know we've talked about Malachi Moore and guys like Jordan Battle and Daniel Wright. None of those guys have really played at Alabama. I mean, Jordan Battle's played here and there last year, and Daniel Wright's played in some spots, but you know this is really their first true test. So I have no doubt that you know a couple more weeks. You know, just just playing in games and getting that real game action, that this secondary will improve. And when they improve, we already have a really good defensive line. We know what we have with with Dylan Moses and Christian Harrison on the inside. Of course, Will Anderson on the edge, along with Chris Allen, who's playing really well these first couple of weeks. Uh, this defense has a chance to be really good, and I, I don't want folks to give up on this defense just yet. No, it's definitely not time to be hitting the panic button and jumping off the Titanic. This ship ain't nowhere close to sinking. And there's a lot of things that casual fans don't really understand. A lot of people have been, you know, wondering, hey, why is Jordan Battle not having bigger games? Well, Jordan's got a lot more going on than some people might realize. The Mike linebacker in Nick Saban's system is the quarterback of that defense. But the communication on the back end um, with the DBs all runs through Jordan Battle. It ran through Xavier McKinney last year. So Jordan is in a position where he's not only having to play and cover his assignments, but he's having to make sure all those other DBs behind him understand their role and, and play their assignments as well. And I think you're dead on with your assumption about this defense continuing to get better the further into the season we move. Because all of it is fixable. Communication, getting everybody lined up, it's all something that just takes reps. So the more reps we see defensively, the better I think this defense will play. And I really think uh, by the time we get to where we face a elite opponent, if you want to call Florida that potentially in Atlanta or looking on into the playoffs against a Clemson or an Ohio State, I expect this defense to be hitting their peak right about that time. You don't want to peak in week two or three, um, Alabama fans. You want to grow and learn. As long as we're trending upward, that's the goal here for these first few weeks. We don't want to peak until about, you know, week seven, week eight, when it's time to really be ready for postseason and things like that. We're trending in the, the right direction defensively, and I expect to see a continuation of that. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, 
but I, I think that's going to do it. I, but I, real quick, Ricky, I want you to kind of tell everybody what you've got. You kind of got planned for the rest of this week as far as it goes for Tide Talk Sports and, and our YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff. So just kind of tell everybody what you're going to be doing the rest of this week. All right. So we've got the Alabama Football News and Rumors channel on YouTube there in partnership with Chat Sports, um, trying to get where we have content um, at regular dates and times so everybody knows what to expect when it's coming this week. I'm going to try to do a video wrapping up the Alabama uh, game from this past Saturday. At least, um, hopefully by tomorrow, we'll have that uh, live for everybody to see. And then sometime towards the end of the week, I'll do a more detailed breakdown of our next opponent, uh, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin. What else can you really say about what he's done there with a team oh, that is far less talented on paper uh, than a lot of these other teams in the SEC, but they're showing up and competing with teams like Florida. Got a big win this past Saturday, so we'll look into that, break that down for you. And then, of course, I'll be popping in all week long on TideTalkSports.com uh, with some articles and such for everybody that enjoys reading those. And I'd just like to take a second to thank everybody for their support. We've got this thing trending in the right direction we're growing each and every day we see more followers more subscribers more readers on the website so i just want to take a second and tell everybody thank you we appreciate you and we look forward to the rest of the ride with you yeah i couldn't have said that any better myself we really appreciate everybody's support like ricky mentioned just just head over to tidetalksports.com there you can find our articles our podcast Anything you anything you want for for Alabama uh, athletics, uh, Hunter Letson, one of our contributors, he put up an article this morning. He tries to do it every Monday, kind of looking ahead, you know, this week in athletics for Alabama. So that's a great piece. It's a quick, literally, probably a, a forty five second read, and you can get all you need to know about Alabama athletics. So make sure you head over to TideTalkSports.com and check all that stuff out. Of course, subscribe to the podcast, the Tide Talk podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on and leave us a five-star review. We appreciate that very much. And like Ricky mentioned, you know, subscribe to the Alabama Football News and Rumors channel there on YouTube and hit that notification button so you get notified as soon as a video is put up and you don't miss out on anything. But real quick, Ricky, where can they follow you at on Twitter? I know most everybody's going to be following you already, but I want you to be able to get that out again. Man, I think last time I looked, sometime last night, I'm like 70 followers away from 4,000 followers. Wow. To me, that's unreal. That I remember being excited when I got to 500 followers a couple <laughs> yeah. of years ago. So, um, at Bama RLG on Twitter, Ricky Green on Facebook, um, and we're there pretty much all the time. If there's anything that breaks, any news you need to know, as an Alabama fan, we've got you covered. So we appreciate you following us. And if you haven't already followed, be one of those 70 people that get me to 4,000. Click that follow button at Bama RLG on Twitter. Yeah, give him a follow. Let's get him to 70 followers before Alabama takes on Ole Miss this Saturday. Let, let, let's make that a goal for, for this week. Uh, of course, you can follow me at Blackwood89. And, of course, follow our Tide Talk Sports page at Tide Talk Sports. Well, Ricky, I think that's going to do it, man. I hope you have a good rest of the day and roll tide.
Absolutely. Again, appreciate you having me on. Look forward to this every time we do it, buddy. Roll Tide. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.